Good morning and welcome in everybody. Today we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians and we're going to start right at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. The Apostle Paul teaches that it's a good thing not to touch a woman. I mean, it's it's great if you can completely abstain from sexuality, but not everybody can do that. And, you know, in the flesh, people can have extremely strong uh, sexual desires and even get involved with many different partners. But as a Christian, fornication is absolutely forbidden and is not supposed to be named once among those who profess to be followers of Christ. People such as these will have no inheritance in God's coming kingdom. Ephesians 5, 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Sexuality was created by God, and it is benevolent when used in the proper manner. It is undefiled when exercised within the bond of marriage between a husband and his wife. But I will forewarn you that the misuse of sexuality will bring about God's judgment. Hebrews 13.4 says marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. God gives us a way to escape sexual sins, and it's found through the marriage commitment. If you can avoid sexual desires, like I said, the, the single life is certainly the better way to go. People can have very close relationships with each other without getting married. Um, that's what the Apostle Paul did. Marriage is a union of the flesh, joining two together as one in sexual activities. Obviously, if you're not sexually drawn to somebody else, there's... There's no need to get married at all. You can simply remain friends. If you decide to get married, you are responsible for fulfilling the sexual desires of your spouse. After all, this is why they married you in the first place. They found you handsome or pretty and were attracted to your external features. They liked your smile or the color of your hair because they were attracted to you in a physical manner. And when you tie the knot with your spouse, you are never to deny them of sexual rights to your body. I mean, that's absolute cruelty. Your body belongs to them, and it needs to be available when their needs arise. That sounds physical, doesn't it? But that's exactly what marriage is, because it's a union of the flesh. We can have wonderful spiritual relationships without marriage at all. Marriage is created for sexual gratification. Otherwise, it is not needed. Marriage is a commitment to provide for the sexual needs of your spouse. Uh, continuing on at verse 3 says, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband, hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Your wife may desire to steal some moments of your time and suddenly whisk you away somewhere private. And although you're working on your four-wheeler, the timing might not be perfect for you, but it is for her. Men must cheerfully and graciously allow her 
to have what she desires. It is an act of kindness and charity to give yourself to her in such a manner. Your husband may be overcome with desire as he watches you prepare supper. He wants to uh, take you away from your busy work so that he can enjoy you physically. It might not be the perfect moment for you, but it is for him, and supper will need to be placed on hold. Wives need to submit cheerfully and meekly to their husband's desires because it is an act of kindness and charity to give yourself to him in such a manner. To withhold the sexual needs of your spouse is kind of like withholding food from a child. Children depend on their parents to provide for them and feed them when they're hungry. Your spouse married you to be able to partake of a sexual relationship with you. To deny them of that right is to defraud them, which is another sin. Verse 5 says, defraud you not one the other, except of you with consent for a time, that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. When you willfully defraud your spouse of sexual relationships, you are defeating the entire purpose of marriage. I mean, what would have been the point of getting married in the first place? A spouse is expecting certain things sexually. Uh, when they get married. And to deny them of that right is to defraud them of what is rightfully theirs. Sadly, some people will claim that they don't love their spouse like they used to, or, or they don't have the time anymore. But as a Christian, if you're going to obey Christ, it requires providing for the sexual needs of your spouse. The only time that is it's permissible to abstain from sexual relationships with your within your marriage it's if you both agree to it. And this is so you can completely focus on God. God doesn't want people to have to go through temptations because they're being denied sexuality. And it's one thing to make that decision on your own, you know, like fasting it. or But it's completely another to impose it on somebody else against their will. Remember that God created marriage as a way to escape fornication. The other point is, what if your spouse is still an unbeliever? They obviously won't be praying and fasting while you are. Any time frame of your religious observance must be agreed to beforehand so that your spouse doesn't suffer withdrawal symptoms or be tempted. Continuing on in verse 6, it says this, But I speak this by permission and not of commandment, for I would that all men were even as I myself. But every man hath this proper gift of God, one after this manner, and another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn. You must also remember that someday in the kingdom of heaven, marriage will no longer exist, as will be united to, uh, forever in the everlasting bond of marriage to Christ Jesus. Early marriage is a union of the flesh, provided as a way to escape fornication. The Apostle Paul was single, and he encouraged other people to live the same type of life. But it is better to get married than to burn with sexual desire. You know, obviously, if it's going to lead you into sins, remember that a man provides for his wife and children by putting supper on the table. A wife provides for the needs of her family by putting clothes on their backs. A charitable marriage is to provide for the sexual needs of your spouse. This is done 
by giving them what they desired when you first got married. You. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLK JBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly along with transcripts at tlkjbc.com. Or I suppose that you could find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to all, and Lord willing, we'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.